Please let's be seated. Let's be seated. It's indeed a great pleasure and honor to be here this afternoon. And I'm sincerely very grateful. And I say congratulations to all the daughters of Zion in the house. Being here celebrating another anniversary. Um, let me first of all appreciate our mothers in the house. Mommy Oyegunle, thank you so much. We appreciate you, your support, your love. It could not have been easy for my sister if you were not here. Thank you, Ma, for all you are doing for them. We celebrate you, Ma. Auntie Demitayo, thank you, thank you for being a mother, for being there to support all of us in the house. Such people are rare to submit to somebody who is younger than them until we celebrate you, Ma. More grace, more wisdom. God has called into this house for a reason, and I know you will not disappoint him, but rather the work will get bigger, stronger through your prayers. For Ma, we celebrate you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. To all the men in the house who are here today at the ladies' conference. We need you, and we say thank you for all that you do. And to our daddy, our daddy. Your girls are singing that we love you. A daddy, a daddy, your girls are singing that we love you. We'll celebrate you, sir. You know, um, I've said the same privately, and I will say it out today. Pastor Emmanuel, the covenant will work for you. You will be great. It's not my word, it's in the Bible. We're speaking in parables, but we understand ourselves. You'll be exceedingly great. If others can benefit from that covenant, how much more you? This land is still waiting for you. And we'll all be here to say it. To my colleagues in ministry who are in the house today, Pastor Rolake, Pastor Banke, Pastor Esther, thank you so much for coming to support in the house. And greetings from the wind beneath my wings. And that's my husband. He's a good man. I wish I could say half of the things he says about me, about him too. He's just an awesome man who is very confident in whom God has made him to be. The one who doesn't care if his wife is doing multiple things, it makes him happy. I just thank God that is in my life. So let's go into the word before I start talking about my husband. Precious Father, we exalt you. We thank you because indeed you are the one who is beautiful. And we are made in your image like your daughter said. Thank you for the first session, Lord. Thank you because indeed we have been blessed. And we continue this afternoon and we ask, oh God, that you continue with us. All I ask, Lord, is that I decrease and you increase. And at the end of it all, let the glory, let the honor come back to you. For we pray in that precious name. Amen and amen. Unlike my sister, I don't use the telephone to, to minister. You can see the eight difference there. You know, I don't know if we have any architects in the house. Is there any architect in the house? Okay. So I want to borrow um, a principle from them this morning. And they call it form follows function. Form follows functions. Oh, you know what? Let me just, excuse me. Let me celebrate this wonderful woman. Sophia, you snuck in. She drove an hour and a half just to be here today. Thank you, sweetie. God bless you. You know, um, architects call it form follows function. It's actually a, a phrase or a principle that architects use when they're designing their buildings. 
That's what they use when they join the buildings or when they're designing the buildings. And they believe that the purpose of what a building or object is designed to do will and shall impact how it looks. Now, the outer appearance of that building should reflect what happens inside. So if you're going to build a church, when I'm outside, I should imagine what will be inside the church. And that principle was what guided the Chicago skylight that we have in Chicago. And let me give an example what I mean by form follows function. When you see a teacup, the function of a teacup is to deliver the tea so that whoever is going to drink that tea can hold the cup and that the drinker is able to hold the cup and drink the tea from the cup. That's the function of that teacup. Then what's the form of the teacup? The form is simply the way it looks. It could have one handle or two handles. It could be porcelain. It could have different colors in it. But the whole idea is whatever it is, it must be able to hold the team. Or what's the function of a car? The function of the car is to transport a person from one place to the other in safety. But the form of that car is it should have an engine. But you know, as I was writing this down, mm, engine with the E cars nowadays, you know, I don't know if an engine is needed. But however, the form of that car is to carry the person safely. The safety, safety belt is still there. The bumper of the car is still there. That's what the form of that car is. So now you wonder, what's the function of a woman? And we are mainly women here. And the function is for us to be a companion, to be a helpmate, to be a children, to nurture, to be in leadership. To be a friend, a daughter, a confident, a community builder, administrator. You all know that we do these things very well. That's the function of a woman. And what's the form of a woman? Yeah, comely to the eyes, attractive. The wide hip, that's good for, the ch- I mean, for childbearing. You know, it doesn't look white to you now, but it's flexible. That's the way God made you an eye. The breasts are there to produce milk. We have the nurturing nature. Think of what the form of a woman is. Then you now ask yourself, what's the purpose and function of the woman? Because the form and the function of the woman or people is derived from the initial reason why we were created, which my dear sister had even mentioned. Let's turn our Bible to Genesis chapter 1. She read that scripture and I also have it here. Genesis 1, 26. And 27. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he, him, male and female, he did create them. So that's one reason why we're created in his own image. So what's our function? I love that um, poem too. We are God's showpieces for his, God, for his workmanship. We're a symbol of God's excellence. A symbol of God's excellence. And I'll back that up with one or two scriptures. First Peter 2, 9, we sang that song. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, to show forth the praises of God. Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's masterpiece, 
created anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And the third one I have here says, Psalm 139 verse 14, which we've all been saying, I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. But I do like the way it is put in the Passion Translation, which I'll read for us right now. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. That's the Passion Translation. So, what exactly is the form? How we are made. How we are made. Whether we like it or not, we consist of three parts, just like God. And for us to fulfill our function, we must operate in these three parts. So God says, we know, you and I know, that we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Likewise, man is what? Spirit, soul, and body. So, if you go to um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, can we turn our Bibles there, please? I have a daughter. She will tell you that if you don't use your Bible, you're just doing it. You're motivating people. So bear with me. That's my, my third daughter will tell you right now. So you must go back to the scripture. So we are body, soul, and spirit. And the word of God says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that particular one, I want to define. Oh, I saw a definition I like of a beautiful woman. And I'll read that. It says... The beauty of a woman emerges not just from her physical appearance, but from the depth of her soul, the vibrancy of her spirit, and the substance of her character. And in the next few minutes, I will talk about what it means for us to be a spirit, to live in a to have a soul, and to live in a body. When we talk about being beautifully made by God, we are referring to these three forms. That we look like God. And I'll start with the body. That's the easily defined part that all of us see. And again, to look at a, a beautiful woman. What if I say the physical one is also cultural? How you define a woman being beautiful in the physical is cultural. And what do I mean by that? Some people like them slim. And others like them healthy and plump. Right? And some cultures will tell you that until they have the huge earrings on, they don't look beautiful, like in East Africa. That's what they're looking at. And in East Africa too, they look at the long chain, I mean necks, I mean chains they put on their necks. That's part of how they look at. And until they adorn themselves in jewelry, they don't look beautiful. And some parts of Africa, Nigeria to be specific, you know they put tattoo on their bodies. And nowadays, when our children do tattoo, we are actually upset with them. But in some culture, it's part of looking beautiful when they have all these things on. Again, that's more about the physical look, you know. And there was a theory a while ago where it was said that they believe that those whose bodies or faces are symmetrically alike, they are more attractive in what they do. Again, that's just 
an opinion by some people. We are still looking more at those who are physically attractive. Why did we go to the plastic surgeons? And you and I know people who have done the, is it BBL? The tummy talks, the nose jobs, right? Why are they doing it? They want to look attractive. I don't know how many of us remember Michael Jackson. How he struggled with himself, even his sister. All because they are trying to look beautiful. But you and I, God already finished the work in us. But guess what? Um, again, remember, just the body, the physical look we're looking at right now. And nothing stops us from looking good outside. And the fact that you are beautiful inside doesn't mean that you shouldn't look beautiful outside. And look at our artist. How many of you want to go and watch, uh, watch see, I don't know how the, what time to use, Beyonce when she came in here last week? Who was there? Don't worry, Pastor, he doesn't mind. How many of us go and see Beyonce? You know? We all say we like Beyonce. You say she looks beautiful. Rihanna, Tiwa Savage, Adekule Gold, Usher, Denzel Washington. You know, we all say they look good. Yes, they look good outside, but there's a talent in them. They are also beautiful inside, but that talent is what they are looking at. And those of them that don't even look beautiful, they mock themselves as the way they look, right? But this morning, I see all of us looking beautiful. I see all our smiles, popping eyes, gorgeous ladies. We came here fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. That's just the physical part of it. And there's this popular joke that pastors, when they want to pick their wives, they go with both their physical eyes and spiritual eyes open. Look at Pastor E. When his wife was ministering, the man was just smiling and he was recording her. You know, you could see that this man was like, wow, I got this right. I got this right. You know? And it's not, there's nothing wrong in being beautiful outside. Our big brother, Jacob, that was what he did. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 29, verse 17. And I'll read two, um, I mean, two different translations. One says, Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. I like the way the message put it. It says, Leah had nice eyes, but Rachel was stunningly beautiful, and it was Rachel that Jacob loved. Why would he go for Rachel? He hadn't spent much time with them, but he saw something that was attractive to him. So physical attraction is important. And where am I going to? As women, we must take care of ourselves. Yes, we are Christians. Yes, we are praying. But make sure that you look good. That first impression also goes a long way. And you're wondering, why is she sounding so carnal? In the book of Esther, in chapter 2. When they were going to pick a wife for the king. Let's go to verse 2. Bible records that the king's servant said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. And I checked various translations. That word beautiful was consistent. And if you now go further down in that same chapter, Bible also records that they had to even give those beautiful ladies some beautifying treatments so they can look more beautiful. Am I right? They gave them oil, things to do to look more beautiful. So again, as women, you must take care of yourself. It's very important. First Corinthians 6, 19 tells you and I that we remind you that bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So where am I going to with that? Make sure to keep beautiful. That little profit that you get from exercising is important. 
Pastor Topper mentioned earlier on that when a woman is pregnant, it is a process that that woman is going through. But the fact that you are pregnant and you put on some weight when doing pregnancy does not mean that you should remain in that position. That little exercise that we are told to do, that profit, we need it. We spoke earlier on too about our eating habits. Some of us just cannot control what we eat. It's also time for us to look, for us to look beautiful. Because you are made in the image of your father. Make sure that you keep yourself and eat what is good for you. Even addressing. Addressing. You don't have to be when you're going out that you dress up. You don't have to spend thousands to look good. It's all about modesty in World War II. And honestly, it doesn't have to be expensive. Neat. First impression goes a long way. I know my dear sisters here, you know you are made in the image of your father. Always ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? When somebody comes to you the first time, the first impression, that is already a statement. That is a statement. So that's the first one, the body. The body. The second one I want to talk about is your soul. Is your soul. And First Samuel 16, 7 reminds us that God, we as humans, we look at people's facially. But God doesn't look at just the face. He searches the heart. Beauty, again, I'll define, isn't just about having a pretty face. It's about having a pretty mind, a pretty heart, and a pretty soul. Another way to say it is outer beauty attracts. Inner beauty captivates. Outer beauty will attract, but the inner beauty that will captivate. The soul is one of your emotions, the intellect, all the anger, the joy, the sadness, the depression. It comes from our soul. And you know, some people will come to you looking beautiful, but their inside is very ugly. They are abusive. They are demeaning. Like what she experienced in high school. And years after, she'll still, she still remembers. How can you look at the young lady and you say, I just don't like you? Maybe we are here too. There are some people in our church. We look at them as if, I can't stand this lady. Please, let's check ourselves. Or you look at somebody, this child is so annoying. Let's be careful what we say. There's power in our tongue. Because, I mean, she was maybe under 13, 14 then. Am I right? And she can still remember that. That was a very ugly soul. And you know, I also remember a guy I worked with a long time ago. His last name I can mention. It's a very popular last name, so it can be anybody. His last name is Dada. That guy went to one of those churches whereby, okay, I will mention the church. Because then, when I was much younger, if you go to deeper life, well, wow, those are the, you know, Jim, Jim, Jim people. But this man was so ugly inside. We all avoided him. If Christianity was based on the, what that guy did, many people would not have been Christians today. That was how mean that man was. And where am I going to with that? Uh, let me even ask you this way. You have, have you ever met somebody that you look at that person like, wow, you want to be with that person. They are so sweet. They are so kind. Have you ever met anybody like that? You, you don't know why you like the person, but people are like that. And if you remember, I said earlier on that you and I were showpieces for God's workman, God's, as God's workmanship. That we're a symbol of God's excellence. When you ask yourself, my inner beauty 
does it reflect Christ? My inner beauty, will it draw people to Christ? Or will they walk away from Christ? And out there, they say that Christians pretend. So we men that we can be nasty amongst ourselves. But let's turn our Bibles again to 1 Peter 3, verse 3 to 4 and 4 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is, a very, which is very precious in the sight of God. And I ask myself, what are the qualities of somebody with an inner beauty? And a few things come to mind. Somebody who is humble. Doesn't mean you're stupid by being humble. Somebody who is kind. Somebody who is very compassionate. Somebody who is loving and quickly forgives. You don't hold things against people like that. These are the qualities that we expect of a beautiful soul. And let me ask you, you don't have to answer me. Is your soul beautiful? Is your soul beautiful? And again, as I ask that question, I will say a few things and I would like us to search where we are. Humility is the hallmark of somebody with inner beauty. Are you arrogant? Are you proud? Do you think it starts and ends with you? Because if you are beautiful, some things you will not do. Do you look down on others because you believe that you are just too much? And, you know, do they feel better when they are around you? Do you invite others into your space? I like to keep it real when I'm looking at these things. Who exactly are you? We come to church. We all come to church looking beautiful. All the makeup is in place. But are you ugly inside? Are you sincere? Because anyone who is beautiful in the soul must truly be sincere. Are you comfortable in yourself? Because if you're comfortable in your skin, then you make others around you to be comfortable. If you're comfortable in who you are, then nothing should really bother you about the next person. Are you happy to assist your sister? Are you ready to render that help that's within your power? Because when we talk about beautiful... Is all about what is inside of you. Are you a high maintenance person? Low maintenance person? Or no maintenance? What do I mean? I have some people. They're so high maintenance. Before you go to them, you have to think of what you will say. How you will say it. I mean, I don't know if you have people like that in your life. But let me confess now. I seriously avoid such people. Because they can be toxic. Because before you say a word, they will turn it around. My life is too easy for that. I don't like such people. So ask yourself. Because being beautiful starts with the inside of what you're doing with yourself. Are you selfless? Or is it about me, myself, and I? And we can do a lot. And if you're a beautiful soul... You know, kindness is unlimited. It comes to you naturally. It's very easy for you to do. And when church, and I so much believe that if only we are beautiful inside, the inner beauty will win many more for Christ. Many more will win for Christ. 
I hate to go there, but I will go there. The LGBTQ society, they are 2%, if not less than that. But all they are trying to do is to be beautiful inside. This is fake. This, they are trying. But you and I, that's what our father has put inside of us. But it's so difficult for us to do. But I pray that at the end of this conference, we will challenge ourselves and the inner beauty will come out for us in Jesus' name. Again, I like to always look at examples around me. And I'm like, who exactly will I use as an example of somebody that's beautiful inside out? I know all of us are beautiful inside out. I know all of us are still work in progress. But this woman came to my mind very easily. My mother in, in the Lord. Anybody who knows that woman will know she's beautiful in and out. Pastor E can be a new witness. A mother in the Lord. Mommy Adeboye. You would think that in her position, she will look down on people. She will have those that she cannot talk to. If mommy sees a small child crying, she can go and sit down with that child. Before you know, she can start crying with that child because she has listened to that child. So where am I giving her as an example? She has a kind heart. She's very loving. She's very forgiving. Let's ask ourselves, am I kind? Am I forgiving? Do I still hold back what somebody did to me four years ago? When I said, Pastor Tokbe, she saw me coming. She didn't greet me. You know, things like that, that is what it means to have an inner beauty. And I pray that the Almighty God, the one in whose image you and I are made, we're going to be carriers of his power, of his glory in all that we do in Jesus' mighty name. I have five more minutes and I'll wrap up in two minutes. Then the third part of it is, is your spirit beautiful? Because man is body, soul, and spirit. And if we are made in the image of Christ, we must make sure constantly we ask ourselves. So I ask you, is your spirit beautiful? And what is the spirit? It speaks of your inner life as it relates to God. Someone said, and I agree with this, your soul is yours, but the spirit belongs to God. Does your spirit really belong to God? Ask yourself. Fortunately and unfortunately, the only way you can keep this spirit beautiful is, guess what? To stay connected to your source. We can come to church because Pastor Tokbe wants us to come to church. Because Pastor Emmanuel will call you if he doesn't see you. But ask yourself, is your spirit truly connected to Christ? Bible says that he is the vine. We are just a branch. Once that branch gets cut off, what happens? It dies. It dies. And then in the book of Proverbs 20, 27 tells you and I that the spirit of man is the lamp, the candle of God. So if you are connected, again, ask yourself, are you a candle? Are you a light? But if the word of God says you are the light or you are the lamp, guess what? That lamp is in you. But is it switched on? Have you switched that light on to stay connected to Christ? Because you cannot do anything unless you and I are connected to Christ. And it's very important that you and I, because when you have the lamp, 
Not only will he guide you, it will guard you. It will direct you in what to do. So is the lamp on or is the bulb out completely? You are not helpless. The helper, the spirit of God lives in you and I. As I close this afternoon, I want to remind you, regardless of where you are, maybe you think that physically I'm beautiful or somebody has told you that you don't look good and you're thinking maybe I should go and do a nose job so I can look beautiful. Mm Mm-mm. Or maybe it's your inner beauty that you're still working on. Or that spirit is what you're working on. I want to make my closing statement. You and I were work in progress. Bible tells me that God makes things beautiful in its own time. But allow yourself to let God walk through you. He's already walking through you. But make way for him and let the almighty God walk through you. Shall we say for the prayer please? And you know, it's one thing for me to pray for you. Another thing to pray for yourself. We have sung here. And we have said that, yes, our theme is beautiful. Pastor Tepe came in here and spoke to us. It is a process. It's about partnership. What part of it are you doing? And I've also come to say that your body, soul, and spirit must be beautiful. You know what part of your body is beautiful. You know what part of your soul is beautiful. You know what part of the spirit that is beautiful. You know what you are working on. Why not ask the one who made you? The one who knows exactly why he made you. We spoke about form follows function earlier on. Why not ask that your function has been revealed to you? You know the form how you were made. That God, that that beauty that I need in that aspect of my life, let it come to me. That I've not left the comfort of my home today just to come and mark the register here today but i want to live here with something in me that when i go out there they will know indeed that god is in me everlasting father we thank you i've said that which you put in my heart and i pray oh god that as has gone forth your children they have heard and they will pick that which belongs to them at the end of it all the glory the honor we give unto you for we pray Jesus' precious name. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. That was so awesome. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma. How many of you were blessed? How many of you were able to take a thing or two or much more from that? God bless you, Ma. May the anointing of God upon your life greatly increase in the mighty name of Jesus. I just want to give an opportunity for some people to give their lives to Jesus or to rededicate their lives to Jesus. I don't know how many of you were, you know, touched by um, the message or you just feel in your heart that there's this connection that I'm missing. Um, We'll give an opportunity for people. I mean, this is a fun environment, right? We are sisters in Christ. Um, we shouldn't feel intimidated or scared about it. I mean, the life with Jesus is sweet. It's not any... I mean, if there was someone who came now to say, oh, there are three toys, come grab one. We won't be shy, I hope, I guess. If you need it, you go get it. No one is... Jesus is free, He just needs you to say yes. 
just needs you to say yes. So I want to give an opportunity for those who don't know the Lord to say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want to walk with him. I want my spirit to be beautiful, to be made anew. Or if you feel like I have given my life to Jesus, but I've walked away, I've done some things, I don't feel that connection. I want to give an opportunity for us to do that. And um, I don't know if we can have some music in the background. This is a time of prayer and a time of, you know, consecration. And I also want to give a call to those who have struggled with one thing or the other. You know, I shared something, and Pastor Foluka shared something about an experience that marked our lives that, you know, could be like a stumbling block or a, a play, a tape playing in our heads that have been restricting us, you know, from moving forward or believing that we are truly beautiful and it has restricted us from being everything that God has called us to. I'd like you to, if you would like to, come forward for prayer. Only those who feel like there's a roadblock, something in their life, maybe someone said what someone said, what someone did, and that has been um, like a stumbling block in your life. It's like a mountain in your heart. I want you to believe and know that God is here and will pray with you at the front here. But is there anybody here who would like to say yes to Jesus? There's nothing to be ashamed of. Or if there's someone you believe that, oh, I need a walk with the Lord. I need a walk with the Lord. Can we be on our feet? I, I, I just feel like we can just give God this consecrated time and just focus on him if there's anybody here we will not ask you to come forward we just want you to identify you need help with your walk with the lord you want to say yes to jesus if you are online i don't know how to make that anonymous but there's nothing to really be afraid of you can just say i i would like to know more about god and someone will reach out to you maybe you're not listening now maybe you will listen later someone will reach out to you is there anybody here is there anybody here it's not anything to be shy of god is good god is sweet jesus is sweet <laughs> is there that person here don't be shy wave your hands if there's if, if you want to know god if you want to know jesus or you feel like you walked away you want to come back so we're all saved here hallelujah are we all saved can you ask your neighbor i just want to be sure are you saved you know the lord okay we're good we're good thank you jesus we're all jesus girls in here praise the lord yes that's wonderful is there anybody who would like to be prayed for is there anybody who would like to be prayed for if you feel like there's something you're struggling with there's something that has hindered you before we do the q a session i'd like to invite you at this moment and if you're not coming for please come forward ma'am if you're not coming forward in your own heart i want you to pray that lord god let your beauty be upon me we can display that scripture psalm 90 verse uh, i believe 14 let, let your beauty be upon me establish the work of my hands transform me Help me to be beautiful from the inside out. Help me to see the beauty that you've created me to be. That I'm in your image, I'm in your likeness. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to pray. This is a time of prayer as your connection with God. It's a time where you can even look through your notes. Some of the things that were mentioned from the two sessions that we had earlier. And you want to tell God, Lord, this is what I'm bringing to you. 
and I receive grace in the name of Jesus. While we pray for our sisters in front. Thank you, Jesus.
Shed spirit more of you. Holy Spirit more of you. Jesus more of Sweet Spirit more of you. Sweet Spirit more of you. Sweet Spirit more of you. Jesus more Take your seats. I trust that God has heard you. I know he's, he's already speaking to your heart. He's already doing his work and making a beautiful thing out of you and your situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go to the Q&A session, I'm going to invite Pastor Fuluke again to the stage. But I want to welcome everybody, but especially some of my friends and mamas that have come. <laughs> Pastor Rolly, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Pastor Buki, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Pastor Essiet, God bless you. God bless you. Oh, I think some people already have, have left. Oh, Pastor Banke, has she left already? Oh, wow. Thank you so much. If you watch this later, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Pastor May, thank you, Ma. <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> Pastor Fisayo, that's my zonal mama. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And thank you for inviting. I, I see quite a number of new faces here. That's because um, you invited someone. I want to say thank you. If, if today is your first time worshiping with us in Victory House through this conference, can you just wave your hands? You want to see? Wow, wow, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Can you wave them a little bit more so that we, so that we know? <laughs> thank you. We have a package for you. We want to say thank you for worshiping with us today. <laughs> thank you. My college friend is also, <laughs> she's hiding her face. <laughs> thank you so much for coming a long way. Can you please stand up so we can recognize you? You're hiding. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I truly, truly appreciate you, Ma. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have. One of my friends was here. I don't know if she's still here. Tokwe. Tokwe can be. Um, oh, hi. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I saw you were here. How come you? <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. I don't know. I think I'm going to get into trouble if I announce, if I keep mentioning everyone here. So I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I'm so glad that you're here. And I know that as you've come here to honor, you know, this invitation, God is going to meet you at the point of need and bless you beyond your expectations in Jesus' name. So we're going to do a Q&A session right now. We have some questions we'll be starting with, um, but if, you, if the media team can please share the Slido code. Is this Slido or Slido? I'm not sure. Pick whatever <laughs> is convenient for you. And then um, you can send questions anonymously through this method. 
are going to be having frank conversations here. And if you want, you could also send a text to 94,000. That's our Victory House series. <laughs> you can send a text to 94,000 with your question, and we will be able to take it. That's not anonymous. We'll see your number there, but if you don't mind, you can send the message there. But if you prefer, you can use the, um, the Slido code online. God bless you. So I'm going to, at this point, invite Pastor Foluke to the stage. Give her a beautiful welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ma. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ma. It's such a pleasure and an honor to, um, to have you here. So we have some questions. Before more questions come on, I'll be monitoring this, um, this slide. But um, we want to start with a few questions we have here. Um, I wanted to ask a question about, you know, self-image and how you are able to tell the difference between pride and overconfidence. So, you know, some people truly believe that they are beautiful. Some people are acting they are beautiful. And some people are taking it overboard. So making others feel less of themselves or they come up with a... With a um, with an attitude that's not pleasant to other people. So how, how can we draw that line, knowing we are beautiful and you know, being overconfident or being prideful about it, if I put it that way? And then can you also touch on being someone acting? So, so we are acting that we are beautiful, but on the inside we know we are not. It's not, it's not an inner conviction. So how, can you, how would you be able to speak to that? Quite a few questions in that. Yes. <laughs> but we'll start with the easy one. Um, many, many times when we struggle with this issue of beauty, I think it has to do with our self-esteem. The low self-esteem, the low confidence that we have in ourselves. There's nobody that God created that is not beautiful. I'm yet to see that person. And when you remember that many times when we see a new baby, all we say, say if it's cute, say if it's beautiful, then as you are growing up, when we, when we feed ourselves all the negative things, that is when we begin to lose our confidence. And I would say that to you as a person, if you are around people that talk down on you, that make you feel bad, Maybe you should step away from such people and look for those that will appreciate you, that will celebrate you. And that's even looking at the third party. But you also have to know, we sing that song, I know who I am. It might still be a work in progress for you to first of all get out all the negativity that's been put in you and start knowing who you are. And look, one woman says, she, should, she looks at the mirror and she tells herself, I'm beautiful. beautiful. Amen. Maybe it's time to start confessing to yourself that you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's time to start accepting who God has made you to be. And I can give a practical example. I form keloid very easily. And when, that, when you have a scar, it doesn't heal. Will I focus on the scar in my elbow when there are other parts of me that makes me look good? The scar is there. It's right here. If I had want something that is a bit low, you will see the scar on my chest. I cannot focus on the scar. There's a lady, I forget her name now, but you guys might remind me, she survived a plane crash. 
What's her name? Who knows her name? But you know, we know what I'm talking about. Yes. But this lady, with all the scars and the burns on her body, she's going everywhere, fulfilling purpose. I'm yet to see anybody in this room that has as much scar, physical scars, that kind of just deformed her. But she can go out there. Mm-hmm. That also for that confirms to you and I mm-hmm. that we are beautiful. Yes. That's an example that just came to my mind right now. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. If I may add, sometimes that inner beauty um, or the our image of ourselves, a lot of times, in fact, I would say 100% of the time, whatever we have on the inside is what we, protr- what we um, exude outside. And I feel like sometimes some people have an overestimation of the Bible says that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. So we feel like we are the prettiest, like, um, not sure what this Cinderella or the uh, beauty, what's it called? Beauty and the Beast, yeah. So mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the, pretty, who's the finest or the fairest of us all? We won't even let the mirror answer where the ones who will say, I'm the fairest, I'm the most beautiful, and everybody else is not beautiful. Remember what we mentioned when one of the sessions? Beautiful also means collaboration. It also means speaking well of other people. Noticing that other people are beautiful. So if you have an overestimation of yourself and you're always comparing or in comparison to other people, you feel like there's nobody as beautiful as you. It's only God that is in a pedestal on his, on his own. That There's nobody that can be compared to him. So we need to have that inner beauty of you know, humility in recognizing that, yes, we are beautiful in ourselves, but another person is also beautiful, and I can acknowledge it. Like I said, I shine, you shine, we all shine. You're beautiful, I'm beautiful, we're all beautiful. And not hold, hang on to that overestimation that it will be coming off as pride. Because what happens is, when we, when we don't have that inner beauty, like you said, the outside is att- your external beauty is uh, attractive, but the inner beauty is what is what captivating is what is sustainable. When people come to you, you know, they think that you are great, but when they speak to you and they have, you know, they you you release, um, you know, negativity, they're going to stay away, right? So we need to watch that so that we don't have. Um, uh, we don't uh, exude ugliness from inside. The Lord is helping us in this season in Jesus' name. Okay. One question here is, I know someone in church who is snobbish and not approachable. I think they may not be aware. How can I help in addition to prayers? Uh, I know some people will say, <laughs> any, any question, they will say pray about it. So this person is telling us, in addition to prayers, if there's someone in church who is snobbish and not approachable, uh, I think they may not be aware, that's the other person may not be aware that they're exuding such, you know, um, unfriendly energy. <laughs> How do I help in addition to prayers? I would say that, I mean, love is never wrong. Mm. Just go ahead and talk to that person. That person the first time might snub you or give you a very cold hello. But you are on an assignment. We spoke about a function. What are we called to do to showcase our father? 
as snobbish as that person is, you don't know what that person is dealing with. You don't know what maybe that person has. You don't even know that person's life at all. That hello the first time could be annoying. The second time, it might make a difference. Before you know it, that person is smiling back at you. So don't react to that person. I would say be proactive and be the blessing that will turn that person's life around. Because the love that person is going is looking for might receive it outside. So please, sow love. Sow and show love. Just imagine that this I'm doing it for my father. And you win, win that person over. That's what I would say. Yes, whenever wrong with love, you know, love, love, love is the answer. Um, and we in church in particular, mm. honestly, we are all guilty. We can't afford to give up on ourselves. We can't afford to give mm. up on ourselves. Jesus did not give up on us, so he paid the price. And if you should look at the things we are doing that others don't see, he can walk away from us too, but he chose yeah. to sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. So please, let the church be the place that people want to run to. Mm. Praise God. Thank you so much for that. One thing you said was, um, you know, that first time might be rough. <laughs> I think that's what sometimes frightens me, you know, from confronting or just addressing an issue. Let me talk about myself mm-hmm. again. You know, I've, said, I've shared this um, openly in the past. I'm just somebody that was brought up to love on people, ask people questions. When I was much younger, even new in, I mean, in the church environment, we are pioneer members of um, just out of Chicago then. When I go to you, if I say, how are you? How can I help you? People thought I was being nosy. Mm. Until they got to know that this girl doesn't want anything from anybody. She's just there to show love, to assist people. That time, did I feel hurt? Yes, it was very discouraging. But I thank God that he kept me. Mm. I didn't lose the gift he kept it, he put in me because of the Sambalats that were around me. Mm. Praise God. That's so we should not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. When you reach out to someone and you know and or you know someone misinterprets your 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 intentions, don't don't give up. So the one question I have here is how important is it to raise our children, especially our daughters, with a healthy mentality that they are beautiful? And maybe you can also share with us how you've been able to beautifully raise your daughters to be the confident women that they are right now. And, and they are different. They are di- <laughs> three of them. They are girls, but they are different. So how do you, can you share some parenting tips with us? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let me first of all crack a joke. Um, one of my husband's um, big brother, I don't know how many of us know, Apostle Wilson, he says that when you ask him in Nigerian, that's how are you doing this? The response is, God is helping us. <laughs> so I can say God is helping us. You know? But um, truthfully, I will start by saying that um, I can't even say anything without give, start by giving credit to my biological father of blessed memory. My father has been gone out 13 years, but if I talk too much about him, I can start crying. That man showed me what it means to love. He made his children very comfortable around him. And there was nothing we could not say to my father. So I grew up in an environment that was very loving, that was very open, and that was, uh, my father was a cheerleader. 
So that itself was a stepping stool that I had. So time to raise my children, all I knew then was how to love on people. That was all I knew. However, you might say that, but that wasn't the way you were raised, or that wasn't the environment where you grew up. There's something I also call progressive revelation. So what you did not like the hap that you went through, you want to avoid it. Now, talking about my daughters, I thank God that God has made me to be a steward along with my husband, because we are stewards for God. But I also tell them again that those are my greatest assets. I don't care what I have in the bank or anything. Those three girls, now plus my son-in-law, that was a great asset. How did I bring them up? How did we bring them up? Because it's, it it's both of us present continuous and they say it takes a village. We are very intentional. We speak life to our children. We let them be. Like she said, there are three different people. What we use for the first one can, is not working for the second one and is not working for the third one. And I know I'm on air. The first one I think that should be the, uh, I won't say mature, that should be kind of um, being the firstborn, that will be, that wants to take everything. She's almost like the baby out of the three of them. And we know that very well. Talking about my daughters, I'm very open with them. I don't have to, they don't have to dress up. Before I tell them, oh, look at this girl. Or I go into their closet and I affirm them. I tell them what I say. And even in their studies, I see the best in them before they, they do it. And I will give an open example. We have a daughter that runs. She's an athlete. Till tomorrow, I can say, hello, my champ. Because she's my champion. And my son, that one, and I say, sunshine. So I call them different names and I, I speak life into them consistently. If you look at my phone log, if I spent three hours on the phone in a day, I might have spent two hours talking to those girls. We talk, we exchange ideas, I encourage them. I'm their greatest cheerleader, likewise my husband. Why am I saying that? What they don't have at home, they can't get it outside. So wherever they are, what they're going to be remembering are the good things. And we live in a horrible environment. So if you do not bring them up strong, confident, when they go out there, it's tougher. So for me, and I say it again, yes, I'm in ministry. My first ministry is my family. My first assignment is to those children. I do not have any assignment there if those girls cannot stand and shine where God has asked them to be. So to my fellow mothers, it's a lot of work. But it's very rewarding. Again, I'm saying this very carefully. I don't mean to sound arrogant. I tell my girls that if I spend 15 minutes in church, then I must spend 30 minutes on you. And they know it. So if I can spend 15 minutes on somebody else, I must be able to spend 30 minutes on my children. So that's what I, I do. And it's present continuous. Even the one who is married, she would have called me if I wasn't coming here. That kind of thing, just to catch up. And I don't mind to say, and I'm very vulnerable with them. Super vulnerable with them, you know. Thank you for sharing that. Can we put our hands together for that? I think Pastor Foluka is quite humble to say oh, one of them is an athlete. Do you know one of them won, you know, a medal? Yes. Olympic. Let's give the... <laughs> 
But all of them, wow. And you know, many things she could say, but she's not blowing her trumpet here. But even just interacting with her children, you'll know that these are confident girls. They are different. I've noticed them. I've not even talked to her personally, but you can tell that they are confident in who they are. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just also want to um, say that one of the things she said was her background of having a good father was what gave her the, the great foundation to start off from. And somebody may be saying here, I don't have that background. Maybe you lost your father at a, you know, a young age or maybe... Uh, you know, you didn't have a, an exactly good father, and that has even affected your relationship with your heavenly father. I want to tell you here that there's a new start. There's an opportunity. You have a heavenly father. He has said things concerning you. He's also saying things concerning you in the word of God. You can search the word of God to, to, to get your identity, your affirmations from there. In fact, any other affirmation you make that is not based on the word of God. Is not strong enough. It's not. <laughs> I will say that one. I think the time I came to your house the very first time, Pastor Foluke, I saw in um, Pastor Wiley's office, even before um, your daughter won the. I think I saw something that had to do with her being a champion or whatever. There on yes, it was already there. So what she's saying is not just, you know, trying to encourage us. It's what they have said and continually declare over their children. So let's, let's um, realize that we have a new start. Even though we, don't have a, we didn't have a good background, we have a great start right now. We can have a good start right now. And also let us realize that our influence over young ones does not stop within our homes. You can see a child in church or in school or some, and you can speak life to them. You can speak like, you can notice, just like we mentioned, when Joseph was in prison, he noticed when, uh, you know, when the jailer and when the, um, the yeah, the butler and the baker were, they, they needed help. We also, God puts us in specific places. There are many of us here whose lives have been transformed because of what one person said. That person was not a parent, but that person just stood as a parent at that moment. So don't discount the power of your words and your influence over the environment that God has placed you. Amen? We, are, we can change our world by how we influence. Amen. So we have more questions here. It says, how exactly, how do you exactly get comfortable with physical insecurities? I know you mentioned this a little bit uh, when you were vulnerable about your own experience. And I think you answered it, you know. Fo don't focus on that. There, there's more. Do you want to say something more about that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you come to me um, as a couple and you're arguing over things, I will ask you to write down all the things you like about your spouse and write the things that you don't like about your spouse. Many times, the things you like will overshadow are more than the things you don't like. You're talking about your physical disability. For all you care, you are the only one who says it. Yes. <laughs> I will tell you right now that those who know me, when I'm in my element, oh my God, I talk so fast. But at the same time, I'm now learning to talk slowly so like people can hear me better. So don't focus mm -hmm. on what you don't have. Focus on what God has given to you. Man. There's a guy again that doesn't have arms and limbs that goes around. Do you think that guy is focused on his disability? No, is focusing on what God 
has put in him. Mm-hmm. So, my dear sisters, let's focus on what God has given us. Yes. That's a lot more. Yes. And I also want to say that we need to also check our focus because... I think I mentioned this on Instagram Live. If your focus is always, if, you, if it shapes your image of what pretty is. So, for example, if you look at the beauty pageants now and you see the, the ladies, how slim they are, how their complexion is. And, you, and if that is your mirror, you would doubt your own beauty. You say, I'm not slim enough. I'm not whatever, fill in the blanks. I'm not whatever enough. But if you look in the mirror of the word of God, you'll see how beautiful you are. So check what you're looking at. What even defines beauty? In fact, there was a story I heard that was very funny about a lady who was so concerned about her crossed eyes. And do you know that her crossed eyes was what attracted her to her husband? Husband said, the way he looks at her <laughs> and her eyes cross, that his heart just does something. He has seen the beauty in that. And that's what he took. Now, she could have crucified herself or been in, in the closet or in her room and not come out because of her eyes. Or she'll go and do the surgery. And or she, she you know, and I, it's even, I just want to share this story for, about someone who was a childhood friend. She's not close to me. She's closer to my older sister. And I hear she passed on because she went to do a surgery. I'm not saying it's wrong, but she, before, before she died, she did a video and she said, oh, you know me. I, I don't have time for exercise. I'm just going in now for a surgery, blah, blah, blah. That was the last video she did. And the next thing we heard, she was no more. So let's check where we are looking. Because if you have the, the mirror of you know, social media, beauty pageant, all of that in front of us, 100%. And that informs our image of what beauty is. Like when Mama was talking, she mentioned that beauty is a lot of times cultural. There was a time, it probably, you know how, just how fashion changes. You know, and how fashion is being recycled. If your focus is what people, on what people are saying, it will keep changing all the time. Today you want to do BBL. Tomorrow you want to do this. You want to do eyelashes. You want to do this. And you know you give yourself so much heartache because you are trying to, to, to beautify what God has already beautified. Right? There's this joke about um, somebody who had a, a car accident. And um, that person said he had, she had prayed and God was good, promised to protect her. And the angel appeared to her that Yes, we saw the person in the accident, but that wasn't the person that God had prayed for. That person had done a change of face, so she was not recognized. So just be who God has called you to be, and you're going to shine. You shine, shine and shine, shine. We and all, all shine, shine together. <laughs> Praise God. So there's another question here. It says, how do you overcome spiritual scars to exude that inner beauty? So maybe uh, it's a little vague here, but I would say, okay, yes, okay. Spiritual scar is, um, is big. She was going to explain, but I can give one or two examples. One day, again, if you know me, my life is very easy. I called a lady. I was going to order moi moi. I don't even know her. I was told to call her that she cooks good moi moi. And uh, my usual self, I will call you. I introduced myself to her. And my next question was, oh, tomorrow is Sunday. Which church are you going to? Maybe I can get somebody to bring it for me. Sincerely, that was my focus. Just to know if she goes to church. 
And her reaction to me was, I stopped going to church. So I like when you stop going to church. I let her talk. Oh, church people, they are this, they are that. She told me about all the spiritual, you call it again, all the spiritual scars that she had been through. And I said something to her. I'd never seen that person. And whoever you are too, if you, are go- if you have gone through or still going through spiritual scars, I want to apologize on behalf of all of us who are in church. And I mean it. I want to apologize on behalf of all of us. Pastors, I know we cause scars on people. Ministers, we do cause scars on people. It's not intentional. We love you. But instead of walking away, you are also in Christ. You have learned how not to do it. Can you help us and just be the opposite person so that those scars can be minimized? Because that's the only way we can avoid it. When you see something that is wrong that somebody has done, try not to do it, but don't walk away from the, from the assembly of God's children. All of us, even our Father in the Lord, we are trying, we are, we are first human before we now became God's children. The human part of us makes us to be misbehave. You know, I'm not saying them. I'm even saying us. You know? So have mercy. Don't walk away from Christ. We will get, things will get better as we all come to walk in beautifying ourselves. Amen. Can we give a round of applause for that? That's so beautiful. Thank you for apologizing <laughs> on behalf of all of us pastors. I, was, I, I think it was Pastor May that was uh, doing an IG live one time. I, we're talking about pastors' wives and how they process hot and things like that. Yeah, then, the, most uh, the pastor's wives are most guilty. Uh, <laughs> so I think the pastor, I'm not exactly sure who was saying this, but he was like, there are some things he has gone through um, that, or they've gone through as a church that if they see people who were with them at the beginning still in the church today, looking back with growth and everything, he's so surprised that they are still there and he will greet them and say, ah, you did very well to still be here at this time. But he said the reverse is also the case. <laughs> the only difference is that as pastors, you can't leave the church. <laughs> you can't say somebody hurt me, I leave the church. Sometimes we bear the things and then we still show up in church. Yeah. Can we just put our hands together for our pastors? Yes, we are guilty, but I think a lot of times we are not extended the mercy that you know we give ourselves. So, so I, 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 I want to say to my husband, and I will tell Pastor Emmanuel this now. And uh, Victory House members, please don't, don't be offended. <laughs> the only permanent member that Pastor Emmanuel has is this woman. So celebrate this woman. <laughs> Not even the children. So I always tell my husband to be extra nice to me. Because if, I, if, he, if he wakes up, let us go. I will answer. But those girls, daddy will meet you there. So let us actually celebrate. Those yes, yes. We give glory to God. Thank God for that. Um, so one question here is, uh, someone said we look beautiful online. <laughs> says we look beautiful, Pastor Foluke and Tokwe. Please, can I, how can I help a lady who feels taking care of herself is a sin, even after sharing the story of Esther? So Esther in the Bible, how you mentioned also when you were preaching, there was purification, there was beauty, there were oils, beauty oils and all of that. How do you, ex- how do you help someone who feels like taking care of herself is a sin? You know, in Christianity, a lot of things have been said to us. And it would take God himself to help us take all those things out. 
there was a time that even going to do your hair was a problem ladies wearing this or that but however if that person is your friend it might be easier to get through one thing is if you believe in it do not give up on that person but don't just ask that person to go and do it make it an outing for both of you make it as if you're celebrating yourselves together um i say things about my daughters we go and do our nails together the only thing my girls have not convinced me to do is to put eyelashes on my face on my eyes <laughs> so at times i just go and do it because i want to bond with my girls so why am i saying that that person invite that person out you can start with a spa reassure that person that this is a female masseuse that you get for that person you can start by saying when you go and cut your nails they won't put any nail polish on it it's a step by step because a lot has been put in that person and it will take the grace of god to take it out of that person so then you yourself let your own beauty be in moderation that that person will not be put off if all you spend your money doing is on makeup if all you spend your money doing is buying clothes it might still be repulsive to that person because we have to just make sure that whatever we are doing we are winning more and they can see the glory of god through you that's very very good that's very good that's very good thank you another question here says i'm a mom of two girls I want to know if it's right for their dad to help with bathing them and other things since they are girls. Praise the Lord. Number one, when my, da- when my daughters was, were younger, once I breastfeed them, I pass them to their father. He bumps them. It's even worse at night time because when I'm sleeping, I want to sleep. But thank God for that man. And when they're much younger, my husband gave his children their bath. Till now, when they do braids, it takes it off. I don't do braids, so why would I be taking off somebody else's braids? <laughs> no, sincerely, I mean, ask my husband. He takes, the girls will even tell you, I can't take credit for doing their hair for them. Yes, there are bad people out there. But don't let that contamination come into your family. When it gets to a certain age, even your daughters will not allow their father to come into their room. If we get to a when my, at a certain time, my girls say, Daddy, you have to knock before you come inside. And these girls now, they are the ones that was at the, they will still jump on our bed when they are in the house. Don't create so much of a problem. Grow together in love. Yeah. Those boundaries will start setting out. Even your, your husband will know when to step back. Uh, my girls, oh, their father gave them the battle for a long time. <laughs> That's very, very good. I think um, we, have, we don't have any more questions. I don't know if we have questions in the house. Does anybody want to ask any question here? Even not only does he even get You know, he still goes shopping with these girls. <laughs> to go and buy their clothes. To go and buy their yeah. undies. They take their father. But mm-hmm. again, there's a limit. There's a boundary. It all depends on your heart. Where it is set. Mm-hmm. So please, Father, love on your daughters, though, so that they will use you as the example of the love they are looking for. Please, it's yes. very important. Yes, it's very, very important when it's when they experience the love from home. I don't know if anybody saw any video by um, is a comedian Bovi. He was trying to encourage his daughter. Did anyone see it? I think someone called her a witch or something, an ugly witch. And the way he turned the whole thing around, 
the girl was smiling and giggling because she heard those affirming words from her father. How many of us went around to distribute the flyers to invite people in the neighborhood? How many of us did? What was your experience? When I gave those flyers to, to women and I said, hello, beautiful. We're telling women that they are beautiful. They, before they even heard what was happening, <laughs> the smile was, you know, so reassuring. We love Women love to hear wonderful words. So it's very, very important that as fathers, as mothers, as sisters, we say those words to our daughters. They should never doubt that, we, that they are beautiful. It was the tactic of the enemy. When, when the serpent came to the garden, yeah, he, yeah. He, he sowed the seed of doubt about who she was, and she fell for it. So let's be that voice of affirmation to our daughters, young girls, our sisters, our mothers, so that they have that, they have their tank full with, with love and, you know, affirming values about themselves. So I just also want to mention one thing. I believe that the Lord is laying this on my heart. As, as a pastor, um, sometimes it's hard for people to walk up to me, I think, to tell me things uh, maybe that I did to them that they did not appreciate. And there's this particular example that I always has been a blessing to me. And till tomorrow, I always love feedback. Bad feedback, good feedback, I love it. There's this particular person that came to me and said, I don't like, because it seemed like I was correcting something quite often. And she said, I don't like how you always tell me this. And then I said, well, I have to tell you the truth. But what I did was I took that as feedback. And I, I not only corrected, but I also affirmed when I saw her doing the right thing. So whenever I had to come back to correct her, I already had my tank full. <laughs> she wasn't seeing me as an enemy. And today, I'm very, very proud. Or I'm, I'm proud of her growth. But I'm also very encouraged by her courage to speak up. And I, it can be cultural for us. Okay, maybe because we're Nigerians, we're from Africa. Maybe if you're born, you know, American, you just say whatever you want and how you want it. But can I say that feedback is helpful? As far as you say it from a place of love and you are sincere. Like Pastor mentioned, I don't believe that there's any true pastor who will go out of their way to intentionally hurt you and make you feel bad. Maybe there was something that happened that day. Maybe they're also going through... Or we, let me speak for myself. Maybe I was doing something wrong that day. Maybe I also had a bad day. Maybe Pastor E offended me. Where is he? <laughs> I'm not sure. It could have been anything. But what helps? If, she, if, for example, the lady I was talking about took it to heart and left the church because I was always correcting her, she wouldn't have been better, or maybe, but I wouldn't have been better. Or maybe she would have been better, but later. Someone else would tell her she would change. And maybe I would have been better, but later. But maybe not, right? She'll go somewhere else. Not everybody will be afraid to tell her the truth. And she'll be happy that a pastor doesn't correct her. And me, myself, I wouldn't know that in correcting, I should also show love. So it has helped me, and it has helped her too. So we need to break the culture of, 
I won't, they should know, pastors should know what to do. If there's something, the Bible said if there's that offense, there's something that your brother did to you, talk about it. Talk about it. First of all, assume positive intent. Or is that how they say it? The person didn't mean it. Well, okay, he rubbed me off the wrong way. Let's talk about it. I will say I'm sorry. I will learn just like I did. And I'm sure there are many more examples of how people told me that I didn't approach something properly. And I changed. But when you take it off and not, you know, I'm not saying that to be offended is wrong, but how you deal with it. You can make, like we mentioned, when I was preaching about what beautiful is, beautiful is also a process. You have to accept that process and grow through the pain for something beautiful to come out. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. I just felt in my heart to throw that out there. Well, yeah. <laughs> the only thing, I mean, I will add a different angle of that feedback. So especially to all of us who are mothers or fathers in this place. Last week we had a session with uh, um, teenagers. And it was called Discipline from, a teen- um, from the Teen's Perspective. They actually ran the service and they had a panel. And um, something came up about when the parents are talking with them. And one of them said that she rather walk away from the situation. And the old child went off. No, they just kind of made noise. Where am I going to this issue of feedback? Many of us, again, culturally, we believe we are always right. And I said it there that there's nothing wrong in saying I'm sorry to my child. There's nothing wrong in saying, oh, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I learned from my daughters. And many times, the feedback she spoke about, we need to let our children give us the feedback of how they feel. Mm-hmm. I was quite, um, I wasn't shocked. I, I mean, because my girls will say that many parents are too Nigerian in the way they're raising their children. And I'm glad that many of us here, our kids are still young. Please fix it. You cannot raise your children the way you were raised, whether you like it or not. Look at your parents. Did they, did they raise you the way they were raised? Then a different environment. These children are struggling to be accepted in the environment. And when they get home, they're a different group of people. So that feedback from them is very important. Not only will it help you at home, it will help you in the society. I told the mother in our church once that your supervisor at work is younger than your child. And that person is talking to you. <laughs> and you can't have a good discussion with your daughter. That's a failure. So feedback from my, from my children, please let's take it. It's very helpful. Thank you so much. It's together. Let's put our hands together. Thank you so much, Ma. It was such a wonderful Q&A session. Thank you so much, Ma. Amen. Amen.